0: From the Humphrey School of Public Affairs, this is Coming of Age. Today, we talk with Leif Kurth.
1: Um, And I never feel as though I had any sort of experience that made me feel as though I had kind of passed into adulthood or become a grown-up. I've just, I've always been sort of that old soul, I guess.
0: I'm Simon Cecil. Stay tuned.
1: I was probably about 44. Eight or nine, I would
0: say. When I turned 18 years old. 18. I was 25. I was 19 years old. Yeah, and I went, I'm
1: an adult. Hey,
0: everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Simon Cecil, and this is Coming of Age, the podcast from the Humphrey School of Public Affairs in Minneapolis, where each week we talk to a student, a staff, or a faculty member about the story of when they begin to feel like a grown-up. Today, we're talking to Leif Kurth. And maybe to start out, Leif Kurth is a really nice guy. Before I interviewed Leif, most of what I had heard him say were very dry, very funny comments he made in class. However, in interviewing him, it became clear that he's very sincere and a very thoughtful person. My interview with Leif almost immediately headed in an unexpected direction. I usually just jump right in and ask people to tell me the story of when they began to feel like an adult, and well, Here's what Leif had to say. Uh, do you mind, can you tell us the story of when you first began to feel like a grown-up?
1: No, I can't because I don't ever recall having that feeling. I was thinking about this and that's where a lot of these notes came from. Um, going back to elementary school I always felt older than my peers um, and I always felt sort of like a caretaker. I was a listener. I would listen to other kids who want to tell about whatever. Um, and I never feel as though I had any sort of experience that made me feel as though I had kind of passed into adulthood or become a grown-up. I've just, I've always been sort of that old soul, I guess.
0: While kindergarten teachers do really important work helping kids learn fundamental skills, a big part of their job is just helping five- and six-year-olds get along with each other, helping them share and play nicely together. And as a kindergartner, they've picked up on this part of adulthood. And as someone who really cared about the feelings of the other kids around him, Leif began doing this work too.
1: I very quickly took after my kindergarten teacher who was very nurturing and was also a family friend, so we would spend time with them outside of school. Um, And I, I just wanted to help other kids feel better who were having a bad day because they were sick or because somebody had taken their crayons or whatever.
0: While Leif says he can't remember when he began to feel adult, he does have a particularly strong memory one of the first times during that year in kindergarten that he helped another student feel better.
1: There's one event in particular that sticks out. It's when we were having snack one day um, and this little girl next to me had her milk knocked over by a kid that was walking by um, and she started crying and obviously the kid hadn't done it on purpose and I just reached over and picked up her milk and said we'll get another one and I picked it up and went to the teacher and then I brought back paper towels and the teacher brought over another milk and she stopped crying and she felt better and everything was okay and that sort of (laughs) I guess spurred spurred it from there.
0: Leif's commitment to stick up for students who were getting picked on became an essential element of who he was. By third grade he was getting into physical confrontations with bullies. As time went on though his understandings of the challenges facing students shifted from dealing with individual bullies into larger systemic issues. What does that look like now? Because presumably there are less, I would imagine there are less physical confrontations. I've yeah. seen you in class and I don't see you getting into physical confrontations right. with people. So what kind of form does that take now in your work and life?
1: So that is the reason that I'm in this school. Um, and it, it sort of goes to the educational equity. Um, and what I see as one of the most glaring issues in American public schools is that kids that grow up in both rural areas and in inner cities uh, have a lot fewer opportunities and a lot less access to a lot of the things that are going on in the suburbs, um, not not necessarily the things going on, but what the suburb, suburban students have um, available to them. And so there's this huge gap that's been created, and I don't feel as though kids in the rural or the inner city areas, have the opportunities to um, progress as quickly, and so their opportunities are gonna be fewer, and for their future, that means they're not gonna have that chance to do the great things that all the other kids do.
0: Leif's commitment to kids has taken him all over the nation, and he's worked with kids in all kinds of schools. And he says that it wasn't very hard to see the differences between the resources that were being given to children, based on the economic statuses of their neighborhoods.
1: Since 2002, I have either volunteered or worked in inner city schools, um, starting in Southern California and then in Baltimore and now in Minneapolis. Um, And I just see all of the different difficulties that so many kids are going through. Um, If they're growing up in poverty, if they're growing up in a rough neighborhood where there's more violence, if they're growing up in a single parent home, for instance in Baltimore I was substitute teaching for a while um, and regardless of which school I was in I noticed that there were textbooks that were 15, 20, 25 years old Um, and you know in math it's one thing to have an old textbook because things don't really change other than the way it might be taught Um, but in history you're losing a chunk of time there that these kids are not learning about Uh, and and beyond that they were in terrible condition Um, and then I would go into a nicer school and I would see things that were two or three or four years old. And it was just, not just books, but the technology, the, the structure of the building, um, the resources that are made available. And it just had to do with the socioeconomics of where that school happened to be within the community. Um, it, it had nothing to do with the, the children's abilities. It was the tax base. And I thought there's no reason that that should be taking place. We should have the same for every student so that they can all learn, um,
0: A lot of folks that I talk to can point to a moment in their life when they begin to feel like they were taking on additional responsibility, some moment when what was resting on their shoulders increased. However, for Leif, the elements of his personality that most define him aren't all that different than they were years ago when he was just entering kindergarten. What has the evolution of that been like? I mean, there's obviously been some time between... uh, Kindergarten and graduate school and I'm curious when you think it because clearly you've thought a little bit about kind of the arc between then and now What are the things that you
1: notice? Um, I'm still very much that type of person. I'm always concerned about other people um, most especially the young the elderly people who have any sort of impairments whether they be physical mental emotional um, I, I always look out for others and I want to make sure that they're not being taken advantage of or being picked on or bullied or anything. I just, I have a real issue with that and I, I, I can't stand to see it.
0: That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. Leif will be graduating for Humphrey in just a few short weeks, so be sure to wish him and the rest of our graduating class luck and tell them to get out there and change the world. And hey, Join me next week for the final episode of the year with a very special surprise guest right here on Coming of Age. I was attracted to the first girl I knew, kindergarten crush. I was struck by Cupid, so I called her stupid and I gave her half of my lunch. I was never so happy when she threw it back at me, so I gave her a shot. She was all I wanted. I was in the fun, kindergartner in love. By early October, she threw me over, became my very first ex. And now she lives in New Jersey. She's a sister of mercy, but I'm not over her yet. to kinder, 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 kindergartner, kindergartner in
1: love. Kindergarner, kindergartner in love